Hey, what's up? Sean Dustin, Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. And this episode is basically getting to know me and what I'm trying to do. This podcast is going to be about people like you, everyday average people, how they get through struggles or bottoms in their life, whether it's weight loss, addiction, PTSD, anything that the average human goes through, you know, because we all have low points in our life. We all struggle. We all fight demons, you know, within ourselves. And I want to know how you get through them. And I want you, if you get something out of this or you resonate with what I'm doing, hit me up. Send me an uh, email. And if I like your story, I'll have you as a guest and we can talk about it. Another segment of the podcast is going to be about dating and relationships. I'm a single dad in the dating pool. I'm, I do online dating and I am going to start trying to go back to the old school way of doing things, which means actually going and talking to people, you know, talking to women, you know, wherever single women are, you know, they're all over the place, but nobody ever knows because guess what? We're all so stuck in a, in a environment in ourselves with which we can't even, you know, acknowledge other people that are walking by because we're so busy in our own heads and our own minds and our own lives. So this is basically going to be a, a, I would guess a, a, you know, trying to figure out how to navigate this world that we're in now, you know, the digital world that has everybody looking down at their phones all the time. You know, how, how are you supposed to engage with that? If you're trying to break away from that, that's what I really want to try and explore. So if any of this sounds interesting to you and, you know, you want to have a crack at, at giving your opinion or talking about your issues with it, you can, and you can contact me at nowhere to go, but up now at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook, which is first name, nowhere to go, last name, but up now. Don't laugh. I, I didn't even realize that that's how that was going to play out until I went on Twitter and looked for my Twitter handle, and my Twitter handle is at but up now. So, eh, go figure. I'm also on uh Instagram at nowhere to go but up now there will be a Patreon and a website following at some point down the road um but not yet so without further ado enjoy the episode and uh hope to hear from you peace
Welcome to the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. I'm your host, Sean Dustin. Today is the first episode, and I'll be going over why I want to start a podcast, why I think I should start a podcast, and kind of what qualifies me to talk to anybody about anything. You'll have to excuse me. I currently have a cold and took the day off of work which seems to be the only way I can get anything done these days, Monday through Friday, with commuting and eight-hour shift. I mean, that takes up about 12 hours of my day. So sometimes when you're feeling under the weather and you got to, or sometimes when I'm feeling under the weather and I need to get something done, I'll use that as an opportunity. Some may say, well, you need to make money. Well, yeah, money, you do need to make it, but you also need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and doing the things that you need to do, or else what's the point of working? So back to my original reason for doing this episode is to get you a little familiar with me and who I am what I want to do, what I'm thinking about doing, what I'd like to see happen. And basically just letting you know, like I said, a little bit about myself. So I'm 45. Union tradesman. uh, A mechanical insulator by trade been doing that for about 12 years i'm a father to a almost two-year-old daughter she's 21 months right now and it'll be two in august i currently co-parent with her mother that relationship didn't work out Amongst a lot of the other ones that have failed as well. And trust me, we'll be getting to those issues at some point. So, I'm in construction. I have a daughter. I have a record. Um, I think from 2004 until 2006... I was incarcerated, so I'm a formerly incarcerated individual. I just, I always consider myself a, a ex-convict or ex-felon, whatever, but I was recently uh, corrected when I talked to somebody uh, who's in the social justice warrior world, and he's like, oh, well, we don't refer to ourselves that way anymore. We are formerly incarcerated people. Mm, okay. However, so, I really have no experience in this type of uh, medium, this type of platform. I'm a consumer of podcasts. 
I listen to probably close to about 10 different ones, you know, I cycle through. Um, a lot of my, my influences came from Rogan and I'm sure he's touched more than just me. I'm not unique to that. Um, but from listening to him, you know, directed me into other directions, you know, from other people, Sam Harris, Jordan Peterson, um, and and those people kind of resonated with me because the mind is a crazy place <clears throat> and i don't know through my experiences i've noticed that i mean everything starts with your mind you want to do something you think about it you think about what the steps you need to take to get to that place you research and through that research hopefully you you come to a place where you a can actually proceed forward and get closer to that goal or b you just say hey you know what the time that i'm going to have to put into this versus the effort versus the reward it's just not feasible for me and you figure out that that's not what you want to do Um, I mean, that's just kind of generally how I th- would think that things work, you know, in the mind, but it doesn't always work like that for everybody. There are a lot of different, uh, environmental factors that, that, um, uh, help to kind of form an individual and sometimes, you know, vital information that needs to be passed on doesn't get passed on whether you know your parents are divorced and that interaction that you need to get you know father son uh, mother daughter whatever the situation is a lot of vital information gets passed on and when there's not two in the household I guess, and I'm kind of getting off into a into a tangent a little bit, or not a tangent, but sort of like a rant. I myself grew up in a, uh, uh, a split home. I think my parents got divorced when I was five, and uh, we, you know, did the whole. It wasn't it wasn't fifty fifty. She had sole custody, so he would get to see me every other weekend, and that went on for a while, but. You know, there was a lot of things that got lost in the translation, I guess you could say, uh, that I didn't get from having a, a a male role model in my home. Not to mention, I was a latchkey kid, so, I mean, I basically would go to school, come home, and my mom worked in San Francisco at the time, so, I mean, I had free reign. You know, no supervision, no direction, no anything. Just whatever I wanted to do, I did. And that really didn't serve me very well uh, into adulthood because it just transferred. It transferred straight over. And I went through life for the first 30 years, 33 years, whatever it was. Kind of running my life the same way I, I did when I was, you know, third third grade through high school. And, you know, there was, there was, you know, involvement with, with the law, 
you know, as a as a juvenile, <coughs> got uh, turned over as to, as a ward of the state because my mom couldn't control me. I was uh, declared incorrigible, and that started a kind of like a long uh, in and out situation of institutions. I mean, it wasn't her fault. Um, you know, everything. Let me just put a disclaimer out there right now. Anything that I've ever gotten into or gotten involved in or consequences, uh, you know, though I was the one who uh, did those things. Nobody forced me to do anything. Um, I made some bad decisions and I continued making bad decisions because I was lazy. You know, I didn't want to work. I wanted to do whatever I wanted to do. Um, you know, having a, a routine and a steady job was, you know, always got in the way of my other activities. <coughs> Excuse me, which is like partying and, you know, women, strippers, you know, what you name it. You know, I that had that could make you feel good other than, you know, actually doing positive crap that would make you feel good. I got involved in so, you know, any any uh, struggles that I've been through in my life were all self-inflicted. So, I mean, I you know, there's no, you know, my mom wasn't to blame. My dad wasn't to blame. Yeah, sure, they, they made some mistakes. And, you know, I had, I witnessed some, some things and uh, w- grew up in a household that wasn't the best, um, the best example of how to be in a healthy relationship with the opposite sex, but everything else, you know, it was just kind of, you know, things, you know, you're, you, you can't, I can't blame my mom. She had to work, you know, she did the best that she could for us, you know, with what she had and with what she knew and the little bit of help that, you know, she got, from my uh my dad i mean financially through um child support which he paid until i was 18 you know it's kudos to him because there's a lot of guys out there that want to not pay for their children um but mine did and i pay for mine as well and we'll get to that you know so i all right I jump around a little bit. Um, I'm working on that. I'm trying to figure out how to narrow narrow my thought because I'm just sort of all over the place sometimes. I'll talk about one thing; it'll lead me to somewhere else, and then boom, bam! I'm, I'm you know everywhere. So hopefully, in doing a podcast, I you know I can help sort of refine how I think and how to sort of train my brain a little bit to stay on one subject, finish it out, and then move on to another one. I don't think that's an inherent thing. I think that's a trained thing because most people are this, you know, kind of operate the same when it comes to certain stuff. So, anyways, grew up a latchkey kid, 
um, you know, no supervision. And I just sort of carried that out through the rest of my life until I was 33, um, in and out of institutions, um, you know, from, from a juvenile all the way up to that point, I think I counted it once and it was, I had to be 18 different jails and institutions, uh, rehabs, you know, drug rehabs. Cause I had a, a, a problem with methamphetamine from a, from a young age, not Ritalin. Uh, I was undiagnosed, but I was definitely ADD. Uh, you know, I had a lot of, uh, incidences in school uh as a as a you know young kid that mixed with the divorce and then you know all these other things you know parents using me to get back at each other or one of my parents was, would use me to get uh, uh, you know you, you tug back and forth so all of that it, it was just to me it was like a perfect storm of of things that were happening and it was playing out in school. But back then they didn't know anything about ADD. They didn't know anything about, um, you know, how, you know, I, I just, I was never good in school. I couldn't pay attention. It was not interesting to me. I, I, I was always against the, the grain from as long as I can remember. I'm not a conformist at all. So, you know, they, to control me in school, they would wrap my, my desk up in corrugated paper so I couldn't communicate with anybody. They'd put me in closets, you know, face my, my, my desk in a closet to, you know, cause I was just the class clown. I liked to be funny. I was always joking around and I couldn't concentrate. So, I was undiagnosed ADD, and when I when I took meth, I, I don't I didn't really I didn't realize this when I was younger, and I actually didn't realize it until I'd stopped doing it, um, which was in 2010. And about two years, no, not even two years. I'd say in the last five years, as I've been sort of diagnosing my life, um, my issues. Um, you know, why I've done some of the things that I've done and tried to, you know, connect dots here and there. I, I kind of realized that when I was doing meth, I, I would zone in and focus on something 100% and carry it out until completion. And my problem was, is I spent a lot of time as a kid trying to figure out how to get out of doing shit. So when I became an adult, I carried that out and it made me, um, God, what is, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it kind of, it, it, I focused a lot of my attention in, into criminal activities. And so, you know, from selling drugs to doing white collar crime to carding. I mean, I was doing a lot of these things and I, you know, I would, I would spend hours like three days at a time awake, working on something, go to sleep, sleep for a day, wake back up, eat, get high again. 
and started all over until I completed whatever it was I was the task I was trying to to master. You know, whether it's hanging paper, you know, if you don't know what that means, you know, doing uh, you know, fraudulent checks, making my own to, you know, credit card fraud was a part of something, you know, and I've gotten in trouble for this, so I I can talk about it. Um, you know, I would make credit cards, press them out. Um, you know, make our own designs for banks and, you know, get stuff off the dark web, you know, all the numbers are all available. If you go on to the dark web, you can buy uh credit card dumps, which are just basically numbers and, you know, everything that you need and you can press out your own. I mean, it, it's got probably gotten a lot harder, but this was sort of, I don't know, maybe not in the beginning of when it, when that became something. I, I think it was, you know, kind of middle, kind of beginning middle-ish. But, you know, suffice it to say, it it was all in an attempt to not have to be responsible. It was all in an attempt to not have to go and get a, a nine-to-five job. It was, you know, casting conformity. You know, I didn't want to fit in that box. I've always been that way. And, you know, that, and it, which really makes me susceptible to conspiracy theories. And, well, a lot of them aren't theories. They're actual conspiracies. They just, theory gets thrown on the end of it to make people, you know, automatically assume crazy. Which, a lot of this shit is true. If you listen to enough things and you do, do your own research, you can, you can, you know, definitely get into the history that, isn't being told about America and, you know, other facets of, of us and, and world history, you know, civilization, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, like I said, that's another, another podcast. So, you know, going through this journey, you know, as a, as a, you know, latchkey kid, I just, like I said, I just continued it, you know, through on until I was 33 and from selling drugs to, um, which I was convicted of, uh, in 2005, I believe is when I, I, I got sentenced. I believe. yeah, it was in 2005 and it was in Nevada, which in Las Vegas, I'd moved there. Um, I bounced around a lot. Um, as a kid, you know, between families, you know, before I got declared incorrigible, um, you know, I spent time with my uncle. I spent time with my dad. He gave that a shot. Didn't work out. Um, I just could not be contained. I, you know, the latchkey kid, it just, you know, when you, when you don't, when you don't have discipline as a child and you don't understand that there are you know, in order to live in society, you have to kind of work within the the framework, or it just you know it doesn't work out. And when nobody's telling you that, or showing you that, or you know, whatever it was with me, I don't know. I I don't know exactly what the issue was. I have an idea, but. 
I just know that not disciplining kids, um, not uh, showing them how to be responsible, not teaching them how to be, a, you know, members of society, you know, is not is not probably the the coolest thing to do. Like I I I see my daughter every day. Um, I moved out. And I got a plate. Well, all right, let's, let me back up again here. So like I said, I'm, I, I keep making turns here while I'm trying to do one thing. Hopefully doesn't get too annoying, but like I said, I'm trying, trying my best. So latchkey kid in and out of jails, institutions, rehabs, uh, probably went to like three different rehabs. Um, went to prison in 2004 or got locked up in 2004. <coughs> Excuse me, man. This cough is killing me. Got locked, uh, locked up in 2004 in Vegas, went to, uh, and I had a state case uh, for, for trafficking narcotics. And then I had a, a federal case cause I, when I was out on, uh, OR, on the state case they they released me they they charged me with five five counts of trafficking uh methamphetamine because i sold to an undercover five times um why they didn't just arrest me after the first one is you know there's a reason but it's a shady ass reason that's for sure um you know you break the law once it's you should be you know they should arrest you then not do it four more times just so they can stack the charges against you. And when you go to, to bail out, it's, it's, you know, quadruple the price to, to get out. Um, but since I didn't have a prior record, they, they let me out three days later on my own recognizance. And from that point on, I, you know, I moved and I was just like, you know what? Fuck this. They're going to have to you know catch me if you can. So I was just going to ride it till the wheels fell off. Uh, moved and like I said, the, those are um, probably most of this stuff. I'm 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 not going to get too much into detail. Most of it, you know, may come out in other podcasts that you know if I get interviewed by somebody or be, or I'm on someone else's podcast, you know, maybe this will lead to that. I don't know. I just know from listening to other people's podcasts or ones that have just started it just kind of if you're interesting and you're talking about good shit it's just going to eventually lead into you talking on other ones and and vice versa and that's what i'm hoping at least so got out of got out in 2006 uh transferred back to my mom's which is the bay area i was born and raised in san francisco not san francisco but the bay area san francisco bay area in the east part of the bay and went back there struggled uh had ptsd um for sure from being in prison um it is not a natural place to be it's not a natural situation it's i mean it's safe it's a lot safer uh i'd say than county jail but it's still i mean you know you can make one mistake and cause problems um you know, I managed to get out without having to 
inflict too much violence on other people. I, when I was in county jail, I definitely had my share of fights and got jumped a few times, uh, realized that you had to, you couldn't just go in there and say, I'm going to mind my own business and do my time. It just doesn't work that way. At some point, uh, you'll be confronted with, with the choice of, all right, well, who am I going to roll with? And for me, I grew up, I mean, if you look at me, I look straight up Hispanic or, or South American, definitely uh, Latin. But since I've done my 23 and Me, I found out that I'm actually 69% European, which would be Irish and German and maybe some Spanish. But I do not look it. Listening to me talk, you would automatically assume, oh yeah, this dude's a white dude for sure. Uh, but I don't, I don't look it. So in jail, that's or in prison, that's a that's a that's a conundrum, you could say, because uh, you know the Mexicans, the the nationals, they're called paisas. They're really small, and I'm a six foot one dude. I weigh 235 at present, but back then I was probably like 220. I'm I'm a pretty big dude, man. I mean, you you know, a decent sized linebacker. So, of course, you know, the Mexican Nationals, the Paisas, they wanted me on their side because a lot of them are really small. So, you know, I'd be a an asset to their army. And same with the 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 Mexican gangbangers. You know the Sereños or the Norteños, just depending on whatever whatever yard you landed on, they want me too. Same thing. A lot of them are real small, you know. And some of the bigger guys, you know, they want to get on their side. Problem is, is I don't identify with any of them. And I knew that if I did that, there would be a good chance that I, I was going to get more time. And that's not what I wanted to do. I definitely didn't belong in prison. Um, you know, my made my 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 worst crime was I was fucking lazy. I was just lazy. I didn't want to work. And I figured out how to game the system by selling drugs and doing other things. And that's what, you know, ultimately led me in there. Plus, you know, a lot of bad decisions and and other shit. And lack of discipline as a, as a as a youth, a lack of uh, direction. Um, you know, I didn't spend a whole lot of time in school. I I didn't get good grades in school at all. So I mean, I did didn't go to college. Tried to go to college, just didn't work out. Um, I was more interested in the chicks and and you know everything that was going on outside of the classroom versus the classroom. And that was before cell phones and before. Um, well, it's probably the beginning of cell phones, but it's definitely before the smartphone, which, you know, is a major distraction now. So if I had tried now, it would, maybe it'd be different, but I doubt it. I'm just not interested in it. So all of that, um, and I got out, like I said, PTSD, jumping around again, PTSD, um, you know, because I did have to inflict some violence, and you know, I ended up running with the whites, because that's what I identify with. I grew up in a in a middle class neighborhood, not upper middle class, just sort of maybe lower, maybe just middle middle. 
you know, when there, were, there was still a middle. Now it's upper or lower middle class. Um, and it, you know, there's a lot of white people. There was, you know, the neighbors next door had a kid who was Filipino. Um, my other friend was Portuguese, but I mean, he looked white. There was a black family and then it was the rest just white people. And so I, I grew up like that. I didn't grow up speaking Spanish. You know, I'd consider myself third generation. So it was challenging i guess um you know i never i never identified with any with hispanic other than the fact that i like mexican food that's the only latin you know that i would ever acknowledge um and maybe it's because i got teased as a kid so i was always (coughs) excuse me (coughs) excuse me i was always trying to to not be who i was you know i told a lot of stories made up a lot of shit to try to make myself, you know, feel like I was cooler. I think a lot of kids do that when, you know, they grow up with their identity. They don't kind of know who they are or where they fit in. You know, got picked on a lot so it was smaller. Um, you know, but I, I had a growth spurt, I believe, when I was 12 or 13, and I shot up, you know, to about 5, 8, 9, 10. It's all the people that used to pick on me. Now I'm bigger than them. And definitely got my revenge which is not what I would suggest violence doesn't solve anything doesn't help anything I mean it it's a deterrent but it's not a uh, it's just too dangerous man I and having had to inflict it on people in prison um I'm just, I'm not an advocate for it. You know, even though I was a bully, you know, I just, I just, it just doesn't solve anything. It causes more problems and it, and it shuts everything down. Nobody wants to engage in, in a car or, you know what I mean? If, 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 if you're going to use violence as a reason, as a resource, expect that nobody's going to want to engage with you. And I learned that the hard way after prison because that mentality followed me out. And I mean, it's, it hasn't been an easy journey just because, you know, I was raised in, in violence and I, I, kind of followed that out you know and that's not something that I'm proud of um I definitely have tried to to curb that um I don't engage in it anymore with with um other men I just sort of take the high road now or prevent situations from having like if it means like if I know if I'm going to go to a bar I'm going to scope the place out on the, and the loudest dude who's trying to show off I'm going to stay away from them or anybody that's drinking excessively I'm going to stay away from or I might just leave altogether um I'm not a heavy drinker I'll have 
a beer or two. When I notice that I'm starting to catch a buzz, I'll usually stop. I don't I don't like to drink. Um I'm a definite advocate for cannabis and marijuana. I believe, you know, nothing bad is is really ever come of of someone getting too stoned other than you get a you get some good sleep. And you know, you, you go to you go to sleep full and you get a good sleep. I do use cannabis myself. Um that helped me in um actually kicking a seven year opiate habit. Um I got prescribed uh opiates for a knee problem and you know it started out at half milligrams and seven years later I was uh getting 120 percocets and this was about last year is when I decided to to kick that and it was only because uh my health the my new uh doctor wanted me to drop a UA and before my old doctor never really tripped on it you know he would just keep prescribing it to me and I you know I would have to take you know random UAs to make sure that it was in my system but that's all he was checking for this new doctor when I had to switch out switch doctors this dude was searching for everything in my blood so he wanted to know exactly what what he was dealing with and so he came back to me he's like hey you know if you want to re-up your prescription you're gonna have to uh do another drug test and it's gonna have to come out you know positive or negative of marijuana and i'm like all right well i guess if i'm gonna have to give up one or the other i'm gonna go ahead and give up the one that's the worst for me and i switched to edibles and started and i got off them you know after seven years i'd got off them before uh when you you know there was a point in time when i was spending 500 dollars a month extra on a hundred more pills so i was taking like 250 or 220 whatever it was a month and you know sometimes when you take too many when you abuse them which uh, i don't know if everybody does when they're on them but i mean it's definitely easy to take a bunch and you know get get pretty high but when you were you know running out before your your prescription was up i would have to wean myself off or taper down to where i was on actually minimally nothing or just like half half pills or 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 the, or the sort you know so i mean it was definitely something that that ran my life you know and I just got tired of doing that and I wanted to, and this is around the time when I, I really thought, thought, thought about starting this podcast and you know, the name of it, nowhere to go, but up, I came up with that because I'd spend, I've started over three times from zero and this last time, you know, and hopefully that is the last time. Um, you know, I've, I've built myself to where I make a six figure income. I, I, you know, I have a good job. It's not necessarily what I enjoy doing, but it's, it's, you know, pays me to where I can live comfortably. And I just totally forgot where I was going with that. Um, 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I first started wanting to take do this podcast um because A I had lost like 35 pounds, uh went on a keto diet um and from there you know, I was I was having problems with my with my daughter's mom um you know we never really got along we were together for 6 years and I was kind of a dick the whole time I'm just I don't know I I just it it was you know I got into to something with this person for all the wrong reasons and you can't when when it's not for the right reasons to to be with somebody at some point it's they're either going to notice or you're just going to be um you know you're not in in it in it for the right reasons and it's you'll you'll never treat them the way that that you probably should or or that that they're wanting and so around that time i think i'd i left once before we had our daughter she got you know, she was pregnant and, uh, <coughs> she was pregnant and I had left just because we'd fight all the time. And, you know, I would start bullying her or, I mean, I never, I never punched her or like close fist hit her. I never even slapped her, but I would bully her. And if I didn't like what she would say, then I would, I would get, like kind of enraged and would try to scare her into submission. And that's so foul. And when they talk about toxic masculinity, that's exactly what they're talking about. And, you know, I didn't, I know that I didn't necessarily want to, uh, I didn't want to be in a relationship that was, was like that. But I didn't know how to not be in a relationship that was like that because I never had an example of what one was supposed to look like. And like I said, not blaming my parents. I mean, they, you know, whatever. Uh, but it's the truth. I, I didn't have uh, a good example. And so I would always just go with kind of what worked. And, you know, I've had one, two, three, I think it's the fourth. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. So there was oh no. So there was that one. So it went Teresa, Angelina, Monica, Sherry, which was my ex wife, and then Kelly. So I've had five failed relationships that were all about five years long. This one was six. And I've done the same thing in all of them. Um, this isn't my only daughter, the one I had with Kelly. I also had one with Angelina. But when... So her, Jordan, she's now... 18 or no she's 19 she just turned 19 and i don't talk to her um i've tried to reach out through social media and whatnot and i just sort of look you know you know where to find me 
you know where to find me if if you want um i had my rights terminated uh when when i was living in vegas before i a little bit before i got uh you know into the trouble i did but i mean nonetheless dude i was a <laughs> i was in no condition to be a father and i just didn't show up to court when it was going to happen cuz i knew that she would have a better chance at a better life if I wasn't in it at that point. And it, it killed me, man. Uh, for the next year I stayed drunk because it, you know, it was, I was in, I was grieving because I was, I signed, I just gave up on her. And I mean, it's when I think about it now, it's kind of tough. And because of the mistakes that I made, um, in that situation is actually why I'm so vigilant as the father I am now. You know, I made sure when I, I left her mom, um, Sienna, who's my, who's the daughter who's in my life. When I left her mom this last time that I was going to stay in the town and I was going to be with her as much as I possibly could and, and help raise her. And I have been. I pick her up from daycare every day. Um, you know, and and her mom. You know, we we work together. <clears throat> well, as best as we can, and you know, it's still, you know, it's still tough. Um, you know, I she, she has every right to be as, as upset with me. But a part of this journey that I'm on is fixing myself and if I can't be what you need me to be and you can't be what I need you to be and you know and I think we both came into this uh sort of not uh, what's the word I'm looking for um not like I think the way that I looked at it when I got together with her is that she fit financially what I wanted in somebody else um you know she made about she made more money than I did but as I progressed through my career I probably earned about the same um hourly Maybe, I don't know, maybe I make more hourly, but just the amount that I work <coughs> makes me make less money than her. But still, I mean, it, in California, it, you know, it's so expensive here that, you know, two people making a hundred, you know, low hundreds, it's kind of what you need to be able to to survive and not just live to work. You know, with a with a dual income, it you can easily uh, work to live. But you know, like I said, it wasn't you know she wasn't what I was you know what I what I normally went for body type. Um, and I thought to myself, well, you know, she's still cute in the face, so you know she could lose the weight, and so what I was getting involved in this relationship was my idea 
of what I wanted her to be. Not, I want to be with you for all of what you are. It was all of what I thought I could change you into being. And I think she kind of did the same thing. At least it felt like it. Uh, there was other things that I, I thought too, but I mean, that's neither here nor there. Maybe we'll get into it at some point down the road. But, you know, like I said, this I jumped somewhere else and I lost my train of thought. So I'm an advocate for marijuana because it's helped me immensely. I no longer, I haven't touched meth since 2010. I... Um, don't do any other drugs other than I'll smoke some pot and I'll take some edibles. And it really, it really helps me out. Um, it's, it's makes me a nicer person. Um, it, I engage with my daughter 100%. I have so much fun with that when I'm with her. Um, it just, for me, I'm a fan and I think it's I think it's been lied about long enough, and I think you know we should start you know making everybody a fan. I'd much rather uh conversate commune live amongst more people that smoke marijuana than drink so which kind of leads me sort of to why do I want to do a podcast well. I've been through a lot in my life, um, from being a felon to being a drug addict to, uh, you know, and my situation is, is not, uh, it's not normal. Like, like a lot of people, cause a lot of guys that, that, and, and ladies that are addicts, they can't touch anything. You know, one thing leads to another thing leads to another thing. And that's not how it works for me. I mean, I have no desire to do meth. Um, I have no desire to do cocaine. Um, the only thing I've never done is heroin. And that's not really true. I've done the pharmaceutical form of heroin, but I've never done street heroin like shot up. Never shot up anything in my life. I I looked at that as like, oh, well, that's Skid Row. You know, if if you're doing that, then your life is, is you know, I'm better than that because I, I smoke it or I snort it. Well, whatever it is, whatever dumbass shit that I, you know, convince yourself, convince yourself of, so it makes it okay. Um, you know, I've I've been addicted to GHB. Uh, I've done ketamine. I've done uh, mushrooms. I've done LSD one time. It was a terrible trip. Never did it again. Although I wouldn't be ob- I wouldn't object to having, um. I wouldn't object to using psilocybin in a therapeutic manner or ecstasy. I've done ecstasy. I've sold plenty of it. Uh, I used to be a raver. Spent a lot of times in, in, in the rave culture in the Bay Area. Um, yeah, there's just... I think that I have a good knowledge of myself, why I've done some of the things that I've done, you know, and I want to hear from other people that have been so, through some of the same, you know, sort of situations. Have you been incarcerated? Have you been, um, have you been an addict? Have you, you know, 
dealt with anger issues, you know, or have, did you come from a, a broken home, a split family? Were you a latchkey kid? You know, how, how, how was your life? You know, how did you get through it? And this isn't going to be just a podcast about, you know, how to get through da- uh, down times in your life or bottoms. You know, I've hit three bottoms in my life and they've been significantly life changing and I've managed to get through them. Um, so that's, you know, I want to just be able to talk to people about that. I want to talk to other people that have been through bottoms in their lives. And how do you get through it? Um, uh, my interests, I have a wide range of interests and I want to talk about all those. Um, you know, I'm a, I love animals. I love dogs. I have a beautiful charcoal lab- Labrador retriever. His name's Riley. And that little shit has imprinted on me like no other dog has and he's like my best friend never had a connection to an animal quite like that um i i rv i crab fish every year dungeness up in bodega bay you know talk about that um you know just i have a wide variety of things that i enjoy and things that i do I'm a, a licensed drone pilot. Um, I have a, you know, a, a business, well, kind of a business. You know, I'm not, I'm not very smart when it comes. Well, it's not that I'm not smart. I'm just not educated um, in business and how to run a business. And what makes me my money is kind of what I have to focus on right now. Um, when you, what I found by trying to start my own business is that marketing takes up a lot of time. And if you don't have the time to market yourself or your business or your product, it's not going to get out to many people. And so I found that out the hard way. But I mean, I still have it. So I mean, I, I, there, I have an idea for it still. I'm not ready to to toss the towel in quite yet. But the podcasting thing is, to me, podcasts are amazing. I've never experienced content quite the way that podcasting touches me when I'm listening to them. Uh, I work by myself in construction, so eight hours a day, I have earplugs or, you know, earphones in one ear and I'm listening and working. And so I feel like I'm a fly on the wall of a conversation, you know, of amazing people. I mean, I Rogan, if you've listened to him, he he's a, he's a good guy, but I mean, just anything that I've listened to, it just changes it immensely just by having it in my ear and it feels more intimate. It feels like I'm a part of the conversation and I absorb it way more and more uh, intensely. And so I just, I want to be a part of that. You know, I have a lot to say and I have a lot of experience in life and life lessons. And I just want to be able to bring that to people. And I want to talk to other people that have like interests and figure it out. You know, life is, is definitely a trip. And my life has been a trip. 
I've got tons of stories of all the crazy crap I've done. And I don't think that it's it's helped to shape who I am. But, you know, what keeps me from going back to that life is risk versus reward. And I think what kept me in that life was exactly that, risk versus reward. Up until, you know, I, I got my career and changed everything, I wasn't risking a whole lot because I didn't have a whole lot. So, yeah, sure. Yeah, that sounds great. Not to mention that when you're doing methamphetamine, what sounds like a great idea when you haven't slept for fucking three days, when you get sleep and you revisit it, you realize that, dude, that was a horrible idea. So... You know, I there was a lot of a risk that I was willing to take because I didn't have a whole lot to lose. I didn't have anything. I didn't have a job. Didn't have a career. Didn't have, um, you know, anything other than the fact that I was selling drugs. And I, I wasn't even really a good drug dealer. I was a break-even drug dealer. So I, I, you know, would leave and I'd probably be owing people tons of money. And so I just move. Or I was just cool with them and they just allowed me. All right, well, you know, just give me what you can and you know, kind of co, uh, codependently allowed me to, you know, stay stuck in my, in my, in my rut. So fast forward to today, you know, I, I have a lot to lose and just maturity in itself plays a big part in a lot of that. You know, most men, I mean, we, women mature faster than men for sure. Um, for me, I didn't, I didn't mature until I was like 35, 36, 37. I'm 45 now. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I definitely feel like I'm behind, especially people that I went to high school with, you know, they're all, uh, they have homes, houses, whatnot. You know, I don't, I don't have any of that. I live with a roommate that rented me a room and they live close by my daughter. And so I'm basically having to start over, which sucks. But I mean, at least I'm not starting over with nothing. You know, I'm starting over with, um, you know, possessions. You know, I have a 40 foot fifth wheel that, you know, I lived in last year probably most of last year or at least a year since i got it so i've gotten plenty of use out of it and it was you know it's a nice one it's definitely one that you you could be living full-time in for a year plus i just it was to me it's too small it's something it's something great to to do for a week two weeks max but to live in full-time it's just you know and with a and with a kid you know there there's no way um, so yeah, I mean, I love water sports. I live by the Delta. So, I mean, I, I jet ski all the time. I have a couple of those, uh, fifth wheel. I think this year I'm going to try and, uh, take kiteboarding lessons. So that'll be fun. 
So my mission is basically going to be talking to people who have been through situations similar to mine or whatever kind of bottom you have gone through in your life. And if you've come out the other side, how did you do it? You know, what, what steps did you take to, to find yourself and find your path? Um, and I, I, I want to talk to anybody else that's currently in a bottom or a low point. Where are you at? And, and, you know, how are you thinking about trying to get out of wherever it is you're at or get out of the situation? I want to talk to people like that. I want to talk to see if you've been in, you know, if you're addicted, if you've been through addiction, you know, how did you get through it? These are all conversations I want to have. And then I want to talk about stuff too, like my interests and talk to other people with like interests. And at some point start having interviews with you telling me your stories so that can go out to other people who may be experiencing similar situations. And in that way, it could touch them like all the podcasts that I've listened to touched me and help to guide me in the direction that I'm going and give me the courage to put all my shit out there for you to listen to and to identify with and to resonate with you know we're all here trying to do the same thing just figure out this life thing and and how to get through it you know we don't get taught a lot you know in school about how to function in life and you know the world is changing rapidly you know in 10 years from now it is not going to look a whole lot like it does now i mean it may look similar but it's going to be very different i i I feel and that's stuff i want to talk about too so i mean if this is something that you're interested in you like hearing hearing what i'm talking about you want to know a little bit more about you know what i'm doing like this is i'm just building this out right now so i have to build a website i have to do some of these other things as well But while I'm doing that, I'm still going to be putting out uh, episodes. I have two other ones that I've already recorded that are going to be released um, as well. Haven't figured out what day it's going to be. So, you know, whenever I'll definitely uh, figure that one out. But if you want to email me, it's nowhere to go but up now at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram, nowhere to go but up now, or at nowhere to go but up now. I believe I have a Facebook page, nowhere to go but up now. I haven't got on Twitter yet. I made an account, but I guess I did. It wasn't active, or I didn't do something right, so they they uh, deleted it. I, I hadn't even put anything on there. I just tried to make the name. 
so I'm not I'm I'm trying to do better on social media. It's uh it's challenging especially when you have to spend so much time um researching stuff or 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 figuring it out. Instagram I cannot figure out for the life of me. I you know, I I get up to 300 followers and then it jumps back down to 262 I think I'm at now. Which I mean, I guess it's it's cool to have, you know, that many people, but it's it's tricky. I haven't figured it out yet. So if you want to contact me, tell me your story. Those are the ways to do it. Um, actually, the best way would be nowhere to go but up now at gmail.com. Send me an email. And uh, like I do have Skype capabilities, so uh, and recording, we can uh, I can definitely listen to some of these emails and figure out who I want to talk to. And if I don't talk to you personally and I have and your email interests me, I'll definitely mention it on there or read it on air. Uh, just make sure you let me know, you know, what, what you, you know, how, about your anonymity. If you want to, you know, and yeah, I think that's about it. And, uh, talk to you next week.